Welcome to McGuire on Wrestling. What do you guys want to talk about? Let's give the people what they want. Professional wrestling. With Mike McGuire. The happiest Canadian camper in the world. Tell me when I'm telling lies. Give me a hell yeah. Hey, thank you so much for being here. Welcome to the Super Bowl Sunday edition, I guess. Of McGuire on wrestling, I'm picking for the team that wears uh, gold, white, and red. That's my pick to win, so feel free to use that on your DraftKings if you get that in time. Uh, they're not sponsoring the show, by the way, but if they'd like to, Show at yahoo.com. Uh, welcome! It's been a crazy week in wrestling again. We got some serious news to talk about. We got some not-so-serious news to talk about. Everybody's happy with WWE. Everybody's angry at WWE. It's nuts. I love it. This is the best time of year to be a wrestling fan. When WrestleMania season has you getting this excited and this worked up about wrestling. At the same time, are we getting a little too worked up about wrestling? We'll talk about that this week. Also, show's dropping a little later today. I was catching up this morning on New Japan's latest show, and and what a show it was. The final NJPW appearance for Will Ospreay, who is now on his way to AEW. That match was just nuts. Also, the final Okada match, the last match between he and Hiroshi Tanahashi, a thing of beauty. A report from Sean Ross Sapp says that Okada's going to AEW now. They had their big announcement, sort of, this week. And then, of course, there was the WrestleMania kickoff. The big presser in Vegas that has everybody scratching their heads or they've completely figured everything out. One or the other, whatever side of the fence you're on, it's got a lot of people talking. So we'll try and get down to the nitty gritty on this with Dave Meltzer as he joins us in a bit. And also on this week's show, we're going to bring you another indie showcase, a really good friend of mine named Andy Anderson. Now, Andy's one of these journeyman wrestlers who's been out there for decades. He has been in WWF. He has been in Japan. He has been in Puerto Rico, Mexico, all these places around the world. And he's got some fun stories. We only got a few minutes because I caught up with him at a local show here in southern Alberta, where I am now. It was called Pure Power Wrestling. It's my first time seeing their show. It was a pretty good time. Thanks to them for having me out. And most importantly, thank you for being here to check out the podcast each and every week. Invite you to subscribe online wherever you get your podcasts. You can also follow us on YouTube and at McGuire Show on all the socials. But if you'd like to get in touch with the shows, mcguireshow.com is where you can find everything, including merch. That's right, t-shirts and Possibly other things soon. We've been talking to some people about maybe expanding the line a bit here, but if you would like to do, as the boys on the alternate commentary table say, the search for the merch, it's there for you, and all those proceeds go to help the shows out, so appreciate that. Remember, when you subscribe to this show, you're also subscribing to the alternate commentary table, and our latest edition from the UK, Andy Evans and the Squared Circle Podcast, TSC, drops the middle of each week depending on what part of the world you're in. So three shows, all cost you nothing, all very different approaches to covering pro wrestling, but thank you for being here and joining us no matter where you are or which show you like the best. 
Coming up this week, Will Ospreay finishes up in steel in New Japan. Was it a mess or a masterpiece? The WrestleMania main event changes twice in just minutes. Why are people so mad about it? Another shocking dismissal in the world of pro wrestling, and a country music icon that was nearly a part of the pro wrestling world permanently has passed away. And as a special bonus, if you want to call it that, Joe Aguinaldo joins me on the show, and we don't talk about wrestling. Rather, something that came from a wrestling review show we used to do. That's all coming up. But first, let's take a look at some of the biggest stories from the past week. Here is the five counts. You want to hear the breaking news? We start off on a very serious note as former WWF star Billy Jack Haynes has been arrested and is facing charges in the murder of his wife in their Portland, Oregon home. After hearing shots, neighbors called police who arrived with SWAT team members. They had a two-hour standoff with Haynes, who would eventually surrender from his home. Now, the New York Post has reported that Haynes was treated following the standoff for medical conditions unrelated to the incident or his contact with police. Haynes is expected to be officially charged in the murder following his release from hospital. Well, Tony Khan had his big announcement on this past Wednesday's Dynamite, but like Dimitri from the ACT and others have feared, it was a bit of a flat one as Khan announced another show for Boston in five weeks from now. You might have heard earlier today the TD Garden announced AEW is returning to Boston on Wednesday, March 13th. That will be a very important night for AEW and the entire pro wrestling industry because Wednesday, March 13th, five weeks from tonight, will be AEW Big Business live in Boston. Now, if you saw the graphics in the announcement or anywhere else online, including the Team MOW Facebook page, the Big Business logo features a dollar sign in the logo, as well as over an image of the TD Garden, the word Boston spelled B-O-S-S-T-O-N, where Mercedes money is from, superimposed over the graphic. So why Tony Khan hasn't formally announced Mercedes a part of the show yet is a mystery, but falls in line with other tongue-in-cheek debuts they've done in the past. Oh, Tony. Either way, tickets distributed are over 5,000 at time of recording, which is a pretty solid start considering AEW's lagging ticket sales over the last few months. Well, it was a very shocking week for TNA Wrestling, who, just after rebranding to the old letters, announced that they had fired company president Scott Demore. Now, Demore has been a TNA or Impact Wrestling mainstay since as far back as 2003. He's been a talent, a coach, and eventually president of the company in different iterations. Anthem Sports and Entertainment, who owns TNA Wrestling, made this statement the day of the release saying this move is intended to further integrate TNA Wrestling into the entertainment group of Anthem Sports and Entertainment as we work to leverage the resources of the entire company to add more value in areas such as production, distribution, marketing, viewership, customer acquisition, digital revenue streams, ad sales and sponsorships, and digital tech operations, among others. The statement adds, Everyone in Anthem Sports and Entertainment is appreciative and thankful for the years of dedication that Scott Demore has given to Anthem and TNA Wrestling. While a lot of people are scratching their heads, there have been different stories that have been coming out. We'll have to wait and see if any fallout comes from this change. Well, sticking somewhat with TNA Wrestling, this past Monday night, country music superstar Toby Keith passed away after a battle with stomach cancer at the age of 62. Now, Toby's mentioned here because, as you may remember, there was a time where Toby was involved in the early days of TNA Wrestling, appearing on the first show and getting into it with Jeff Jarrett. Tonight, and I think he's, he's not doesn't want to 
stop there. After being shoved off stage, Toby would come back later in the show during a battle royal and get to do a suplex spot on Jarrett. To- Toby Keith! Toby Keith has come to ringside. Is he an entry? He's no, he, nobody's making himself an entry. What is he doing in there? He has no business He's in there. He's right in the face of Jeff Jarrett. What is this? Is Toby Keith? Has Jarrett up? Toby Keith was also rumored to be one of the interested parties in purchasing TNA Wrestling at one point. TNA Wrestling paid tribute to Toby Keith on this past week's broadcast. Will Ospreay's final appearance in New Japan Pro Wrestling has happened, as we talked about earlier. It was also the final match between Okada and Tanahashi. But the final appearance for Ospreay was a 10-man dog pound-style cage match. This thing was insane, with the cage about 10 feet away from the ring. But Osprey was there on behalf of United Empire as they faced off against the Bullet Club War Dogs. Eventually, United Empire would fall to the War Dogs, As the ring was torn apart, every weapon you could think of came into play, and eventually David Finley would cover Osprey for the win. For eight years, you guys have been my home. You have seen me from a young boy become a man. And I want to thank everybody, every single person in here. Thank you so much for looking after me, man. Of course, Osprey is off to AEW after that deal was announced last November at AEW's Full Gear. Well, the WrestleMania press conference has come and gone, and Cody Rhodes has made his decision. At WrestleMania 40, in the main event, I choose you, Roman Reigns. There was profanity-laden reaction everywhere. It was crazy. Or was this all a part of the plan? But also coming up next, one of the greatest worked shoots in pro wrestling history took place this day in WCW in 1996. We'll take you back to Super Brawl 6. Plus our weekly chat with Dave Meltzer is on the way. This is McGuire on Wrestling. from jolly old England this is Andy Evans from the Squared Circle podcast which you can listen to each and every week on Maguire on Wrestling podcast feed if you would like to know the latest from professional wrestling with coverage of TNA WWE All Elite New Japan and more plus in-depth look back at what happens on the days gone by then check us out each and every week as part of your midweek fix this is TSC the Squared Circle Welcome back to McGuire on Wrestling. Well, as the world scratches its head trying to figure out what is a shoot, what is a work, what was planned all along, what wasn't when it comes to WrestleMania 40's main event this year, there was a guy back in 1996 that did such a great job of working the entire locker room, the office, and many, many more that eventually got him a raise and a job at the opposition. Brian Pillman notorious for his loose cannon persona, would go into a match this day in 1996 at WCW's Super Brawl 6. Now, the match was supposed to be an I respect you match, kind of like an I quit match. It was going to be a strap match as well. 
Pillman was supposed to answer to Kevin Sullivan, the Taskmaster. Instead, what appeared to happen was a very real brawl between the two for just under a minute once Pillman hit the ring. They are going at it. They are not waiting to get hooked up by a leather strap. Oh my goodness, they got a fight going on here. Well, I, too, I told you it's just going to be Katie by the door right here. I don't know how they're going to get them strapped up, but they are really going at it. At the end of the brawl, Pillman would unexpectedly grab the microphone and say these words. I respect you, Booker man. Oh, he said, I respect you. Thank you. And he walked. And he walked out. Now, the commentators would go on to ignore the word Booker man, implying, of course, that Kevin Sullivan was, in fact, booking and making the matches back then. But everybody was wondering what had just happened. The strap match then, for some reason, became a match between Arn Anderson and Kevin Sullivan until Ric Flair would come out and just stop the entire thing. Now, some of the wrestlers didn't buy into what was happening, but others actually heard that Pillman had been fired. They actually went as far as to give Brian Pillman a real release from his contract with WCW, faxing that release to the World Wrestling Federation, and negotiating a new deal to go and work there. The whole thing is incredible. Look into it. Check out some great videos, some great podcasts. Tony Schiavone talked about this in depth on his show with Conrad Thompson. It's an incredible story. It's time for the Wrestling Observer Insider with Dave Meltzer, McGuire on Wrestling. Back for another week. It's Dave Meltzer from the Wrestling Observer and WrestlingObserver.com. Dave, we'll get to it in a minute. You said last week, though, it's all an angle. And so we'll talk all about this WrestleMania headline match thing with The Rock and Seth Rollins and everything coming up. Plus some big news out of AEW, out of Japan, lots of stuff here. But unfortunately, we did have... Another tragic story coming out of the world of wrestling this week, and this is from an old-time star, uh, was popular in the 80s, had a brief run with the WWF, was the guy who, unequivocally, you could find his action figure everywhere. I think every kid in the 80s had at least two Billy Jack Haynes figures for some reason. I don't know why. It was just that kid was everywhere. But Billy Jack Haynes now, unfortunately, being known as someone who is is facing charges for the murder of his wife. Uh, the, the story just broke down earlier this week here. For those that don't know about Billy Jack Haynes specifically, what can you tell us about him? There's a lot. I mean, I knew Billy Jack Haynes. And, um, you know, it, it was always, um, I don't know how to explain it. I mean, he was always kind of off. And as time went on, I mean, he was a tough guy, got in a lot of fights. He did some boxing before pro wrestling. I mean, when you look back, it's if you'd ever seen interviews with him, he would say the craziest things. Mm-hmm. And, but that's that. But but still, you know, this is just one of those things where you just go and, wow, I I don't really have words for it. I mean, you know, murder, you know, and and we don't know the circumstances, but it's 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 a horrific thing. Yeah, and I, I don't mean to make light of of the situation at all when I talk about things like the action figure. But that's honestly how I first remember remembering Billy Jack Haynes at all was literally every kid I played with had like, you don't even know how you got it sometimes, but Billy Jack Haynes was kind of everywhere. I have seen some of the interviews over the years. I've, I've read some of the commentaries and stuff he's done, but uh, I mean, it, it is a troubling situation. I, I guess we don't know what is coming. I mean, they've said that murder charges are pending. He's actually in hospital right now being treated for something else, apparently outside of, of the arrest or the incident. But for the meantime, again, it's just one of those names that people might be hearing as, you know, former WWE wrestler, because that's how the newspapers and stuff like to address it, but yeah, might not he, have ever heard of this guy. So, I mean, he, he, he worked, he worked everywhere at some point yeah. or another. Um, it was tough because, um, you know, he was temperamental, dangerous, you know, again, you know, he would, he would, 
say things. And I don't, I never knew what was and wasn't true. I mean, he was like, I just, there was like one point where he, um, I, 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 I think he drove to San Antonio Corpus Christi from, from Oregon, you know, thinking he had to try out. And, um, I don't know if somebody ribbed him. I don't know what, but he was so bitter about that. You know, he got there and nobody knew what was going on. This is later in his career. You know, the first time he went, I think he lasted about a week and then he came home. He just didn't like it. And in Oregon, you know, he was like the big, big fish there for several years. And then, you know, try to start his own promotion and that failed miserably. And, um, you know, they ended up bringing him back because you always do because the guy who can draw, but it was always tough guy for like Portland wrestling in the early mid eighties when he was the top guy. He was very charismatic in that role. When you're competing against a Hulk Hogan, it's not the same thing. Right. And I think I think he was like used to being the top guy and being like, you know, fig- figuring he'd be at the level of Hogan because that's what he was and, and very quickly finding out he wasn't and maybe not even liking the travel. And, you know, he went back and the travel was, you know, I remember, you know, the travel was brutal there. He had runs in WCW. He runs everywhere, Texas. Good look. But I mean, that sets his wrestling career. This totally overrides that. And it's um, it's. It's a horrible, horrible story in a period, you know, where there's been a lot of horrible stories, unfortunately. That series that The Rock put out, they did a whole special on the Portland scene. And and people might not know what kind of big business was happening in Portland. And for him, like you said, to be a big name back then, especially, I mean, you could see that. But this is a time, too, where, where guys and girls didn't have you know, maybe the foresight of what was happening in the business because nobody had ever encountered business as big as it was getting even back then. So, I mean, the the head games alone and the tricks that guys and girls would play on each other and stuff. I mean, that could definitely. Yeah. And the travel and and the travel and the drugs. Yeah. Well, and that's, that was the next thing. Yeah. He was part of, you know, he was part of that scene. You know, there's a lot of tragedies that come from that eighties. And, you know, this again, Billy, Billy Jack Haynes was not a guy who was spent years and years and years in, in WWF or anything, but, right. but he was certainly there. But it was part of that scene of a guy who, I mean, I don't really know his background um, too much before, but I mean, it was checkered background before he ever got into wrestling. It wasn't like it was someone who was like this because of wrestling. He was he was like a big proponent of the CTE thing, you know, the concussion lawsuit. I think he might have been the first guy to sign up or he was one of the first guys and he was one of the guys who was going to the, you know, the wrestlers and going like, look, this is the guy who got the NFL for, you know, a billion dollars. And, you know, everybody was looking at jumping on and he was one of the first guys. And that one obviously went nowhere. And, um, you know, even though that it's, you know, that the concussion story with Custom and Kairos, he was big part of the news this last week, but Billy Jack Haynes was one of the first guys involved with Kairos and one of the guys who was um, recruiting wrestlers for him, you know, just saying that like, Hey, we've got the guy who did the NFL suit, but it, it didn't work out that way. Now, I don't know what his life has been like in the last couple of years, other than every now and then he would do interviews and, um, you know, it was getting further and further out there. And again, like uh, in, a, in a guy like him, between the street fights and the boxing and the wrestling, I mean, you don't know what happened far as the CTE stuff goes, you know, and memory issues and making up things. And it's just, well, especially when you get into an advanced age with any sort of brain trauma or issues like that, yeah. you know, what we, we don't know. I don't want to speculate, but I, I did want to just touch a little bit on Billy Jack for those that don't know the name per se, and, and just give a little bit of foresight into this. But I mean, obviously the case is still pending. I mean, there, there's so much around it, but nevertheless, um, thank you for, for filling us in a little bit on, on Billy Jack Haynes and just his history in the business and why, why his name was significant. He was definitely a legitimate star, especially like magazine star, because he had the look and it was photogenic. 
Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, he was, you know, in the in the wrestling magazines, he was always played up big. We'll see what happens as things go down here. Okay, let's get back to the more fun side of the conversation here, talking about actual wrestling and things going on. Uh, I'm assuming you were up early this morning watching New Japan. I have not watched New Japan yet. Oh, no, I, okay, I, all right. I, I, I went. I went. I had to get out of town after uh, this week's issue. You know, it was just too much for the just too many stories between Scott D'Amore and Rossi Ogawa and Vince. And, um, you know, and, and to an extent, WrestleMania 40, but that was just too much of a week. I had to get away. So I, I, I did not watch. I'm going to try to watch New Japan today and tomorrow. Well, you know what, then I'll, I'll just tell you for now, buckle up because <laughs> this uh, dog pound cage match, I'm not going to tell you anything about it. I just, um, yeah, I, I'll ask you next week, whether you think it was a mess or a masterpiece, because I can see people I, going both ways on it. So I have heard from people who just have been raving to me about the show and about the Brian Danielson match with Zack Sabre. Um, but they have really put over that cage match. So I think people really liked it. Yeah. I'm really interested to hear your thoughts and read about them. I guess we'll find them at wrestlingobserver.com about the, the big cage match here that happened this morning. Okay. So yeah. with this being Osprey's exit now coming into AEW, Tony Khan makes this big business show announcement for Boston five weeks in. There's a graphic that comes up with, you know, Boston spelled B-O-S-S-T-O-N. This is very much the CM Punk, you know, debut oh, yeah. all over again, only they're being less and less subtle about it. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's it's very obvious yeah. that Mercedes is going to be there moving forward. So yeah. why the the big play for the big announcement? Why not say she's going to be there? Because they did it that way with Punk, and you know it's like they're they're repeating it. And I, you know, you know, I don't know why not to say it. I, I cannot even give you a a reason other than I don't think it, it minimizes the pop when she comes out. I mean, everyone literally knows, and everyone knew with Punk too. Um, it, you know, with Punk, I mean, I think there was a certain romantic thing about with Punk. They sold out without actually mentioning his name. Mm-hmm. Uh, but with Mercedes, they didn't they didn't sell out initially without mentioning her name. And, you know, again, I don't know that they'll be able to sell out. You know, I mean, their ticket sales for their shows are, for the most part, not particularly great. I mean, they're not hot at the box office, but they'll they will get a very good crowd in Boston. I mean, I think they were closing on fifty seven hundred the last time I looked. So they'll probably end up eight, nine, ten. You know, I mean, it'll be a very healthy crowd and very, very good atmosphere. But, yeah, why? If you're asking, why don't they just say your name? I don't have a good answer other than that's just what they did before. And, and, but to me, it's like, look, everyone knows and just promote, I would just promote the hell out of it, you know? And and no disrespect to Mercedes, but it's not a CM Punk returning to wrestling situation. Not, no, it's not been 10 years. And, and as big a star as she is, she was not as as big a star as CM Punk was. You know, there's so so much, I mean, AW really grabbed, there were three major, Free agents on the market and it looks like they got all three at the same time i look and go like are they is that gonna you know like when when they got punk brian danielson and adam cole it, that really turned around business i mean business was already good but it got great yeah and i don't know that this is going to happen this time um but i do expect that we're going to have you know a lot of great pro wrestling matches i mean that's that we'll see people think that there's um concern about money um, this pretty much belies because WWE wanted all three of these people mm. and the fact that, that he got all of them and outbid for all three of them, you know, some people go, he's overspending and, and time will tell. But if you think that like the finances are scary or bad or anything like that, 
this totally contradicts that because he could have let all of them go and 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 stayed with the cost that he has. I mean, he greatly increased costs to get these three people. If Okada's and again, I don't I, at this moment, I know that that Sean Sapp reported Okada signing, and I knew it was close. That's what I was going to ask you about I, next. Yeah, I I, I, I walk. I just like literally walked in, and you know, I have some questions out already, and I presume. I, I mean, I presume it's true because everyone in wrestling presumes it's true because everyone knew that. You know, Tony made the much better offer of the two. So the only thing was, I mean, the only thing that would have gotten Okada to WWE is this idea that the WWE sometimes has is, is a sense that we don't have to pay as much because we're WWE. And there will be people who will go to WWE for that, re, you know, with that thing. And Jade might have been one of them. The majority, as I think we've seen, are, are going to go with the money and not with the idea that, hey, you're so lucky you get to work in WWE. It's always an advantage WWE has, but... For these three, obviously, it wasn't enough. Well, we'll see if if that's the case. Do you think that Osprey and Okada also show up at this big business show? I mean, that that only makes well, sense I, to me. Osprey's supposed to be in. Um, at least I was told by someone very close to Osprey to uh, you know you know about Greensboro. So I presume he's going to be on the card in Greensboro. I would presume Okada would probably start before then, but or at least maybe they make the announcement or they bring him to Greensboro. You know, I I, I think by March thirteenth they'll all be there and part of and angles and everything like that okay well again we'll have to see but it looks like AEW again just trying to acquire some top talent and see if they can you know turn this trend over here get them get the tickets sold get the people back in the stands yeah, in north that, america get, get, get that momentum you know that um yeah i mean they they um there's you know and it's hard it's hard when wwe is so popular um to be the number two group uh but you know they're you know, they're certainly trying, you know, I mean, yeah. I just, but, but, you know, again, I mean, there's no guarantees, you know, when you're number, when you're number two, when you're a close number two and you're on the way up, that's a good place to be when you're a distant number two. Um, it's tough because people see it like as the secondary group. And, uh, you know, as far as like a casual fan, you come to a city, WWE's coming, AEW's coming. It's like most people are going to choose WWE right now. And Osprey and Okada are not big enough stars to the casual fan to make a difference. Mercedes could be, you know, not, not to be a turnaround, but she was a big star. But then I look at Adam Copeland, you know, as a perfect example, Adam Copeland didn't turn business around or anything like that. And Adam Copeland, I mean, I, I would consider Adam Copeland a bigger star than Mercedes. Some people will argue that, but I, I would consider that. And so yeah. I, I don't know that if Adam Copeland didn't walk in as, you know, Adam Copeland's first TV show didn't like do a giant number. Adam Copeland's, you know, first times on the road didn't like pop arena business or anything like that. Does he help? I think he helps. And he's, and he's been a, a benefit to the company in the sense he's a great performer. But, um, you know, I mean, like with Mercedes, um, you know, I, I, I kind of sense that, um, you know, by herself, but, but she'll, she gives some credibility to the women's division. Um, and, uh, you know, they'll, you know, I mean, it's 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 good. It's good. But, uh, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, we'll see. I, I I don't expect the immediate turnaround, but I mean, they're, they're good moves. Well, let's touch wood that she gets in there and stays healthy, most importantly, because that seems to be the biggest hey. thing with names that have been gone for a while. They come back in right away and all of a sudden they're, they're off for seven, eight months again. So, well, yeah, yeah. I mean, hopefully, hopefully she does stay healthy on a on a, you know, more full time schedule than, than she's been doing. Um, I mean, she's done. I mean, only a couple matches, and then she got hurt. It's a fluke injury. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. her injury wasn't one of those things. I mean, it was just like one of those, 
you know, I don't say once in a lifetime, but just, you know, just something that uh, just lost her balance. And it's the, you know, um, it can happen in wrestling, but that kind of injury rarely happens. Okay, let's shift gears entirely for a second here. I had my first morning show, the new station I'm on. It's a country station, 98 won the ranch here in Lethbridge, Alberta. And my second show had to break some news that I, I wasn't planning on breaking. And it was uh, Toby Keith passed away this past week. And I bring up Toby Keith, not just for that spot that he had in Impact Wrestling, but there was a time where Toby was believed to be as a part of a group of investors that were either looking to secure the rights to TNA or possibly back Jeff Jarrett in Global Force or... Okay, so, so, so Toby was was going... He, you know, I mean, he went to Bob Carter's house yeah. to close the deal. I mean, he was going to buy TNA and he was going to put Jim Ross in charge of TNA, or at least he was going to make that offer to Jim Ross. Jim Ross, I, I think at the time was still with WWE. Well, he was still with WWE. So I don't know, you know, what his contractual situation was. But Toby Keith absolutely wanted to buy TNA. It didn't happen. Um, there was, you know, basically Bob Carter, you know, wanted Dixie Carter still in management if he sold. And Toby Keith wasn't going to accept that. And then he just like pulled out of the whole deal. And then um, years later with, with Jeff Jarrett, when Jeff Jarrett was trying to start global, global force, mm-hmm. uh, the way I heard the story and Jeff would know better than me, but the way I heard the story was he told Jeff that like, you know, get a good TV deal, a viable TV deal. And um, I'll be, I'll be with you. And Jeff never could get that viable TV deal. So right. they never got, you know, they never, you know, it never happened, but he was, he was interested in wrestling, but like as as Jim Ross would tell me all the time about Toby Keith, you know, he made a lot of money because he was very smart with his money and he wasn't going to make like if he got into wrestling, it was going to be it was not like some fan who wanted to get into wrestling. I mean, he had a business idea and he wasn't going to get in if he didn't think it would work. And so, you know, that's why he never got in. But would he have if he had found like a viable thing with a television station, and everything like that, would he have? run a wrestling company would he have tried a hundred percent he wanted to do it yes I was curious because toby had spoken a little bit about that over the years not much obviously because the the country music audience didn't really care about that they just liked toby keith for what he was but i i know as a wrestling fan and a music fan and a radio guy obviously i mean that that was a question that was always in the back of my brain was you know how close did that deal actually come and so i i didn't know that it actually was, got down to was, a sit down at the house That's, oh no, no no he was at the carter house and they were ready to finalize the deal. And then that one step was there. And then, you know, that that is where the deal fell apart. Yeah. Speaking of TNA wrestling, while we're on it, uh, you mentioned his name earlier with Scott Demore being released by Anthem Sports Entertainment. Very shocking. I mean, the company just, just does a 180. Things are turning around. Everybody's talking about TNA again. And Scott's out. I don't want to get into suspected things here. Do we have any news other than what's kind of been bandied about out there as to what went down here? Um, I mean, it wasn't a surprise. And I mean, the the basic deal was he, you know, he he definitely put in an offer. And this would have been... Um, I, I don't have the dates, but it would have been after the when they did the TV tapings in Kissimmee, Florida, um, before okay. Vegas. He had put in an offer to buy the company. They turned it down. Uh, they never made a counter offer like, okay, you could go up to this. And at that point, I think that um, they decided that for whatever reason, it was going to fall apart and uh, started working on 
that and got rid of him. It wasn't by choice from him. And uh, I know that a lot of the talent was very upset when they had the meeting saying Scott stepped down when, you know, it wasn't Scott's choice. They made that call for whatever reason they made that call. And I don't know from their side what it was past. He tried to buy it and uh, and they said no and they weren't interested in selling. That's basically it. Okay, well, and again, there's been some other reports going out there. I really don't want to delve into that without concrete proof and evidence being out there. And I'm not saying that these uh, reporters or people are, aren't telling the truth, but if you're going to insinuate something, I think you have to run with it rather than just imply something. So for now, Scott Moore, uh, not hiding himself, the, the Border City Wrestling page, he's active on there and, and you know, he's going to continue doing what he does, I guess. But just a, a shocking turnaround in that company, to say the least. It seems to be that Ever since the Anthem takeover, there's always been something that, you know, TNA or Impact would, would get a little bit of success, and then they'd just do something wild and different, and, and they'd have to, they're, they're almost kicking themselves down, and now it seems to be one of those things again where, you know, you have this big, huge turning point, no pun intended, and and now we're stuck at, at people questioning what's going on with TNA again, so. Yeah, uh, especially, like, the, the, their last pay-per-view was such a success. It blew my mind how successful it was, especially in... You know, I actually got some information from different, you know, uh, demos, so to speak. But um, in rural markets, in you know, again, in rural markets, they were they were like seventy percent of yeah. the TV guys is uh, AW and and you know, similar to WWE. Although WWE doesn't really count because most most of the people are going to watch streaming on Peacock. But I mean, they're they're um, with with an older, more rural audience. They were actually quite popular in these places where access, you know, in in the cities. Or in the places where access ran, and obviously their access numbers are are not huge. But access is not a huge station; you couldn't get big numbers. They are, and they are the number one show on the station, and that's one of the reasons why you know Anthem owns the station. They're the number one show on the station Anthem owns, and I don't think Anthem wants to sell. But they were getting more popular, and you know Scott did want to expand and and go with this popularity and try to again, you know, like. Um, you know, make a real play. I mean, it's too late now, but I mean, they, they, you know, he wanted to make a play for this. Well, they just had their women's champion get showcased heavily in the Royal Rumble. Like, how do do you, you know, knock that, right? I mean, I don't know. I just don't. But, but, you know, I guess that was just the feeling from the Anthem side that uh, they had to make the move, you know, and for whatever reason. Yeah. Fair enough. Okay, let's get to WrestleMania. The big kickoff event happened this past Thursday night in Las Vegas, taking advantage of the Super Bowl hype and everything going on around that. Smart move to get some attention. I mean, that's where most of the sports media and everybody's going to be anyways. So they have this big event. It it looks like a, a promo show, basically, which it was. I mean, they had wrestlers come out, do their thing. And then we get to the moment where we have The Rock and Roman seemingly unite, and the plan has been all along, quote-unquote, to have them put on the greatest match together because Rock believes only he and Roman can do it. All of a sudden now, boom. I mean, if you're not seeing this as storyline, I don't know what you're not seeing, but this is, we are the greatest things that can do this, so we are going to be your main event. You're welcome, Wrestling World. Then Cody comes out, calls it BS, and and we have this tremendous angle where, I mean, people are dropping F-bombs and everything else. It's getting crazy, like... It just got nuts. So the big question that everybody's asking falling out from this, and I bring it up this way because you said it here first, 
It's an angle, hands down. It's an angle. Oh, it's been an angle from this. Everything's been an angle from the start. However, but has but has this been the plan? No, do you think? No, the tag team match is not the plan. It's funny because people in WWE said one of the issues. This is before you know before last week was because I said like you know you're going like oh you know like they're they're, they're even doing the fans are you know a lot of fans are saying you know he doesn't want to get booed. And it's like, dude, his favorite match. I know him. You know, I don't know him now. I mean, I don't want to say I know him now because it's not really fair to say. But I certainly knew him very well. Um, mm-hmm. His favorite match of his career was against Hulk Hogan, where he was the babyface getting booed. And he just loves the reaction. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there were people who thought he would never turn heel because of, you know, the Hollywood stuff and the um, um, the Black Adam, you know, was not a big success. And he needs to this, you know, he doesn't he doesn't want to get booed. And it's like the minute he got booed, um, I think that the moment was or when he sensed it, it was just like, they want me to be a heel. I'll be a heel. See, he had no qualms, obviously, about being heel because everything that happened when it comes to this, you know, aligning with Roman instead of wrestling Roman, um, you know, that that all happened in the last week. And that was his doing. No one, no one. No one is telling him what to do and what not to do. He's far more powerful than that. I was surprised uh, just because I thought him and Roman, you know, I mean, I thought the scenario always was going to end up where, you know, there's a a singles match with both of them. That's what made the most sense. But, you know, was it a fear that it would turn into a situation like Brock Lesnar and Goldberg, you know, in that match many, many years ago? And it's like, if there was no match with Cody at all, I think it would have been that. But with the match with Cody, I don't think anyone resent them both having both matches. I think that's what everybody in the end probably wanted. But he he felt if they're going to boo him, I'm going to go full heel. And and that's that. So do you think the tag match, I mean, clearly that's what they set up, would be Cody and Seth against Roman and Rock. Do you think that's going to happen at WrestleMania then? Or, I mean, they still got a a week and change to tag this onto Elimination Chamber because there's still no major, major attraction match for this big Australia show? I mean, I, I can't say 100% no, but I mean, even after the press conference, you know, I go, like, I've been told all along, Roman is not working a match until WrestleMania. He's not booked for, you know, Elimination Chamber, um, and Rock is not booked for Elimination Chamber. Could that change, and could they put it there? Sure. I just, you know, I was going to say I don't see, but I don't see Rock not being at WrestleMania. That's the thing. It's like, if he's going to do one match, is it going to be a show that's on at like, you know, 7 a.m.? You know, you know what I mean? He wants I, he wants the big stage. So I presume it's day one of Mania. I mean, I don't have that confirmed or anything like that. The only thing I get confirmed is Roman and Cody. I don't even have the tag match confirmed. Only The only thing is, is that that's what it looks like. And when I've asked, it's kind of like, you know, it's it's basically that's what it looks like. But this thing changes constantly. So, I mean, yeah. everything everything it's it's up to it's basically up to rock and to a degree up to everyone but yeah you know it's going to be um you know whatever you know i mean like the, that rock and roman match was was not that that being changed is not a work that you know that was that was something that Dwayne wanted to change and well, uh, you, know, you know just to just to counter though and uh, i mean obviously neither of us know so it's not really an argument but i'm just going to put it out there from an opposite side of things they need this Australia show to be a, a giant success from a viewership standpoint. I mean, that's where no, the Australia. No, they, they, they only need Australia to be a success drawing, and they got 40, 43,000 tickets out. Australia is fine. 
with a yeah, but they, they want to show Australia. Look how many people watch this show because if the government's putting money into it, obviously they want to have some sort of aspect of global interest in the event, right? Yeah. I mean, that's why Saudi does the shows. That's why France is doing the shows. They want to have that tourism well, this is, aspect. This, is, this, this isn't Saudi money, and and I will say that I know that there were people in the company who wanted um, Rock and Roman in Saudi at you know at one point, Rock and Cody at WrestleMania. I mean, that was brought up to me, but it wasn't like it was going to happen. It was just like, this would be good. You know, the thing that I kept being told was Dwayne wants WrestleMania. That's what Dwayne wants. Mm -hmm. WrestleMania is what means something to him. Um, Like, I can't say it's, you know, I mean, I, I, but all I can say is it was denied when I brought up, right. I mean, it was right after the thing. It's like, you're going to do it in, uh, in Australia, you're going to do it at mania. And it's like, neither of them are working Australia. You know, I mean, yes, could it change? But I mean, I was told that directly. They've never been billed. And Roman was not supposed to work until Mania. Again, like these things can change on a dime, but I don't see Rock doing Australia and not doing WrestleMania at all. I mean, I just don't see that. I don't I don't see that. So hypothetically, then, if the tag match takes place night one Mania, does that mean we get two title matches on night two? What, what, what Roman wrestling twice? Well, because Cody still said he's chosen Roman and he yeah, wants Cody, to- and Roman, Cody and Roman's going to happen. OK, but then what, what about what about Seth and whoever wins the chamber? I would presume that's on night two. That's what I mean. So we're we're gonna have two title matches on the night before or the night after, and then the tag match the night before. I don't know that as a fact. I think that's all gonna be that's all gonna come out. I'm look at when as I look at everything. That's what I think. I'm gonna uh, you know I'll obviously be checking after Raw and see like where everything stands. But um, yeah, that's what I would. Yeah, I I mean that's that's how everything looks, but. you know, I can't like I can't say 100 percent because no one's told me 100 percent for people that are upset about this. I've said it before. I'll say it again. You got to chill out. It's wrestling. This is why we watch this stuff is to guess. Now, for you and people who are, are legitimately trying to get clear answers, clearly, it's got to be a little frustrating. But at the same time, it kind of makes it fun not to know everything. Right. Well, I mean, this is one <laughs> where, I, where I pretty much knew a lot, but I didn't know the, the a lot of the. um you know, the switch I didn't know and they yeah. didn't want to, but it was interesting. Um, I didn't foresee it and I don't even know if it's the right thing, but you know, it's one of those things where it doesn't matter. And the reason it doesn't matter is because WrestleMania is going to be a big success with Rock, whether he's in a single or a tag. And the sponsorship that they're looking for from, you know, from having Rock, they don't care if it's a world championship match or a tag match. Okay. So Rock being on the show, um, is is what they're looking at and you know you could also make the case that the tag is probably better for him at this stage because you know you get a breather and everything like that and you maybe it lessens the injury risk because you know rock did uh two matches at wrestlemania's um over a dozen over a decade ago when he was much younger and he got hurt in both of them because one of the reasons why was because he wanted to go out there and have a wrestlemania match he doesn't want to fake his way through so, um, you know, now he's 51. If he's doing a tag, it lessens the injury risk. And it's kind of a dream match in its own weird way. And it's it's been, you know, there is some build, you know, with Roman and Seth going mm-hmm. back and forth. So it's not like this is a storyline that comes with nothing behind it. It's kind of like, well, we've kind of invested this. And there's also a lot of ways you can come out of it. And you can still do Rock and Roman Reigns. They could split up afterwards. They could do it next year. You know, there's... a many different ways to go through this. And obviously they're, um, you know, um, Dwayne and Brian Gewertz, they've got their ideas and Levesque will have his ideas. And, you know, that's what, you know, they're going to have to merge ideas, so to speak. 
Well, there you have it. I don't know if that uh, helps us figure things out anymore for the people that have been saying this whole thing has been confusing. I don't know. I see it clear as day. Oh, it is. It is. It, there's been some clunkiness to the story. You know what? This storyline, you know, sometimes storylines don't matter when you have, um, you know, the right personalities. That's what I'm saying. Like, it's too good. I, I think, honestly, if anything, it's people that are used to being able to call things and predict things off the hop that are getting shaken up a little bit right now. And I think that's why they're upset. Well, I'm not upset. And, um, you know, I mean, well, I'm not I, saying I, you particularly, but you know, there are people out there like this is no, the way I mean, it's going to be. I, 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 the only thing I, I got the sense of was people who were mad about Cody. And I kept saying, don't get mad about Cody. Cody's going to be fine. I mean, I know. He, Cody didn't win the Rumble for no reason. Cody's yeah. going to be fine. You know, I mean, <laughs> Cody's going to be the biggest full-time star in the business because Roman's not full-time. Dwayne ain't going to be full-time. Cody's going to be the biggest full-time star in the business this year. He's fine. He's going to make lots of money. He's going to be in lots of main events on every house show that he, you know, practically all year. So that's so it's like people going, they're screwing Cody, they're screwing Cody. And it's like, he's not going to get screwed out of this, you know? and and. Now, I will say this. He better win. <laughs> <laughs> if, 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 Cody doesn't, if Cody doesn't win, if, go, if they do a screw job in that, in that match, I will say they'll still be fine because and people will be curious. To me, that would be really bad storytelling. But, but again, they're in a situation where they can get away with bad storytelling. Like if they do it, ain't going to kill them. Ain't gonna, you know, their, their business is going to still be fantastic. But the way the story goes, he better win. Dave, I know you're not, okay? But I have to say, in the two plus years you and I have been talking here, and for the years I've followed things you've said and everything else, you kind of sounded like a fan there for a second. You kind of really. <laughs> no, I'm just saying. I'm just saying from from a story standpoint. I'm just saying from telling. The I story. know. I know. I'm just. If they don't, I mean, if they don't, you know, I mean, this this is the 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 Cody thing with the year build. It is the Hogan yeah. Sting match where Sting had to win, and then they screwed yeah. it up. But this is that. Yeah. I mean, it really is. You know, the big groundswell. <laughs> this is that. They, I don't. I don't want to see a repeat of the Hogan Sting thing. And Sting kind of won, but it was so. Yeah. Not only should he win, but he needs to win real. You know, he can't backdoor because if he backdoors, it's just like then it's just too flat. I'm going to plant this in your brain. We'll talk about it more next week because we're out of time. But what if? What if? What if? On night two, The Rock pulls on Mike Tyson. I'm throwing it out there. Let's leave it there. We got to go. But <laughs> Dave, it's been fun. As always, thank you for your insight and for everybody Wrestling Observer and WrestlingObserver.com. Uh, like you said, it was a big, busy issue last week. What are some of the things people can read about? Yeah, it's, it was really from a news standpoint. I mean, a lot on the Rossio Gala stardom thing. You know, I mean, Rossio Gala, the founder of the group and, right. and the guy running the group. And and he was fired and going to detail why. A lot of details on Scott Demore and why he's out. A lot on Vince. You know, a lot on yeah. Vince. A lot on the Masara stuff that came out. But Janelle Grant, the whole thing. And um there's so much to that and there still will be in this coming week. And uh, that story is probably not going away, you know, especially with the feds involved. I have not seen anything in evidence that would make him a criminal, but I also will say that uh, he should not be back ever with the company. I don't, and I don't believe he'll ever be back with the company. Dave Meltzer from the wrestling observer and WrestlingObserver.com. Thank you very much, Dave. We'll talk to you next week. Okay, have a great week. Coming up next, the McGuire on Wrestling Indie Showcase returns. You're going to meet a friend of mine who's been a journeyman and been around the world for decades. A great guy. Andy Anderson is on the way next. Thank you so much for being here. This is McGuire on Wrestling. 
You got to stream the alternate commentary table every single Saturday. It's brought to you on the McGuire on Wrestling feed. I'm one half of your host, Demetri Carolas, and I'm here with my partner, Mitch Hondras. Mitch, what is the alternate commentary table? It's simple. It's the perspective of wrestling from the other side of the railing, the real fans. That's right. The perspective that you need. You might have a little bit of fun, too. The alternate commentary table. Subscribe free now to the McGuire on Wrestling podcast feed wherever you get your podcast. Cheshire! Welcome back to McGuire on Wrestling. Like I said, here on McGuire on Wrestling, I want to introduce you to some of the folks that I came up in the business with, and this is a great example of that, working at a pure power wrestling show tonight, but uh, you've been doing this for how many years now, Andy? I think we're going on 20, wait, 94, 28 years, 20, 26, 28. Asking a wrestler how to do math right yeah, now. Yeah, right know. now it's, it's tough. As long as I can count to three and to ten, I'm okay. <laughs> well, here we are. Uh, Andy Anderson, uh, Andy Lewis in the real world, but uh, also, what is it, El Lobo? El Lobo, the God of Thunder, Hey You, uh, <laughs> things I probably shouldn't be saying on any type of broadcast. That's but. fair. That's fair. Uh, so... Take us through the journey, man, quickly here. I mean, I, I know your history, but a lot of folks are discovering you even now for the first time through this. So when did you start? Why did you start? And where did you start? Uh, always been a fan ever since I was about five years old. And I'm 105 now. So that's been about the last hundred years. Yeah. Uh, grew up watching a lot of the early stuff and if you're going to say attitude era then i'm going to say you got to go way beyond that because nowadays i hear people talk about oh the good old days the attitude era and it's like no man those aren't the good old days yeah the 1900s y'all can just shush (laughs) uh but i started started uh training and wrestling in 96 uh brought in by vance nevada and uh robbie royce had a hand there some guys out of winnipeg had a hand there and from Winnipeg, it was into the States, into the States. It was down to Tennessee, southern states. Then it was off to uh, Mexico, Puerto Rico, Japan, England. You know, multiple trips for just about all of those. And it's, it's uh, I guess, yeah, 20, 28 years now. It's funny. There's a lot of the big names that will come through town. And if, if they see you, they'll remember you. I still remember... I mean, this was 10 years ago now, but when we did a thing with MVP together and he saw you, he's like, I know you. Yeah. <laughs> it's just one of those guys who, again, just, you know, through through the business, no matter how big they get, they always remember where they were. I mean, can you tell us some of the names you've you've rubbed shoulders with before we get to the Stone Cold story? Because <laughs> I know that's the favorite one. <laughs> that's, that's one of them. There's, jeez, uh, uh, I mean, Big Show, Kurt Angle, Edge, Christian, Jeff Hardy, uh, Tajiri, Super Crazy, Crash Holly, uh, there's been some of the Mexican, you know, a lot of the guys from Mexico, yeah. uh, Puerto Rico, you know, we're talking Savio Vega, uh, where else do I want to go? Jeez, uh, Orlando Jordan, Rikishi. Uh, a fair roster, in other words, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, if you go kind of back into those early 2000s, probably like a, a who's who, I could probably be watching a show and be like, yep, yeah, I've been on, you know, in the ring or on a show with more than half these guys. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's the crazy thing. Like, you know, people see wrestlers from, like, WWE and AEW together, and they're like, oh, look, they're hanging out together. They've probably known each other well before they ever got to those companies and and still. Absolutely. That's. I mean, I think a lot of that, I think one of the the words these days is tribalism, Mm -hmm. and that seems to be more amongst the fans than... 
uh, you know, the boys and the girls in the back because it's, it's, it's business and there's still, there's still friendships. Like you said, it's guys and girls come up together in, in the Indies or they work together in Mexico, they work together in Japan, and then if they get split off into AEW or WWE, I mean, and, and how many, you know, nowadays there's so many couples. Yeah. And especially if they end up getting split up, you know, what? they're not going to be worried about tribalism. They're... They're worried they're of their friends and family. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're getting paid. It's you know like if you're working for Coke or Pepsi, like <laughs> not that big a deal. Yeah, it's funny. I, I got here tonight, and you know I'm the new radio guy in town. It's like I don't know anybody, and some fan who who knows me from my work up in Dungeon, he comes up to me. He's like, "Oh, you better look out. The guy from some other morning show is here." And I'm like, "Yeah." So you know, I don't I don't know the guy, but you know, it's it's funny how people just want to start stuff when they want to start stuff. But when it comes to you, I mean, you've been the backbone for promotions. You're in Edmonton now. I mean, I remember us in our PWA days, and, yep. and that was a great time there. And now you're doing shows with top talent and other companies up there. They just had a massive show. Congratulations to them. Oh, absolutely. I mean, there was almost 900 people last night with uh, Penta. Penta Sierra, was it Penta, how do you say it? Penta Sierra, Mero, Mero. I should know my Spanish. He was there. Uh, Josh Alexander, TNA. I mean, you know, and there's a TNA guy and a, an AEW guy, yeah. you know, on the same show. And, you know, it's, um, no issues, no fights, no, no problems. You know, everybody's just getting along and getting paid. So, But I want to go back to you now. Okay. Okay, enough of this wrestling company <laughs> stuff here. I want to talk about you. Okay. You and I have been friends for a long time. We've yes. done silly things together. Yes. Uh, bring back the Monster Burger Challenge <laughs> and the giant cream puffs from uh, K-Days back in the day or Capital yes. X, whatever the heck they called it. And you and I also share something else in common, and that is that we've both had our tickers work us. Yeah. <laughs> they've, uh, they've turned on us in the past. You're looking great. You feeling great? You're doing good? I'm feeling good. I mean, it's, yeah. you know, it's... I, I use the uh, phrase from the, the great archaeologist, uh, Dr. Henry Jones Jr. He said, uh, it's not the years, it's the mileage. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the, the, the mileage, that's why when people say, well, how old are you? I'm like, well, I'm like 105. <laughs> <laughs> Some days the mind is moving a little younger, but the body other times, it's, it's, it's a little, little iffy. But, uh, no, I mean, gym-wise, I feel pretty good and... Uh, it's, it's almost like Yoda to you know draw a comparison. I you know I walk around. I might be kind of slow and whatnot. But then when when Yoda has to go into battle, yeah, he's just game on. He's zipping all over the place, and you're like, what the hell just happened? And then you know the match is over, and then it just goes back to like, oh okay. <laughs> I like to call it forty going on ninety. <laughs> <laughs> that works. But you're a guy who is has been at all different levels in your career we have to talk about the moment and i know this is something that you still take great pride as you should as you yes. should and that is a game to share a moment with the great stone cold steve austin yes a, a, a few moments actually so this was may 1998 i've gotten better at remembering now because i, I guess talk about it quite a bit but uh i'm probably one of the few during the attitude era that had a an, an encounter with steve austin where i didn't actually get uh the stone cold stunner I mean, don't get me wrong i got my butt kicked but uh you know i was used as a security guard and i was supposed to be keeping him out of the building and big surprise didn't work out too well but uh instead of just the one segment they kept using me throughout the show so i think i had about four or five segments uh and they had me with the police and they had us you know going through the the nashville arena looking for stone cold and you know, we run into Jerry Lawler, we run into some other people, and you know, nobody can find them. And then uh, in the end, they end up catching them, and they've got them in the police car, and they're, you know, Nashville's finest. They're so kind. They're like, hey, look, we'll, uh, we'll let you go if you apologize to this young man that you uh, accosted. And he's like, oh, 
I'm going to say, I'm sorry. He's like, yeah, well, I'm sorry you're such a dumb, dumb son of a bitch. I'm sorry this and that. And, you know, he gave me the double bird. And then the last shot you see before commercial break is me with just my jaw dropped and my eyes going like, what the heck? So that, that was cool. I mean, there's a, I've got a few other stories that I'll save that I can, I can tell you that you, you don't even know about yet. All okay. right. Well, you know what? It's great to see you, man. And, and again, look up Andy Anderson out there, uh, El Lobo. I mean, just find you on Cage Match or, uh, you know, Internet Wrestling Database. I mean, your history is fantastic. I'm just happy to see you, my man. It's been a few years. It's so, been uh, a few years. I was just talking with, uh, with one of the other guys here. I literally have not seen him in person in 15 years. Wow. So it was cool. I mean, that's, you know, for all that people can harp on about social media. Yeah, that's you know, one of the good things where people can still stay connected. You still, you know, you see the pictures and whatnot, but then it's like, hey, like it, it doesn't necessarily feel like 15 years because yeah. I still see what you're doing with your life. So I, I got five or six guys here that I didn't even tell I was coming. It was just you and me talking about yeah. it. So I saw, you know, guys like Bobby Sharp and Sean Martins and, and Vance even, you know, just yeah. right here. So, uh, yeah, it's great. But uh, you know what, man? Much continued success. I love seeing you still you. out there doing it, and I'm sure you're helping out a lot of these young guys and girls too. So I'm trying if they're willing to listen. <laughs> and that's another story for another podcast. <laughs> Andy Anderson, everybody. Thank you very much. McGuire on wrestling. Hope you enjoyed that conversation with Andy Anderson, a guy who's previously been a guest of mine. I, I think it was when I was still doing the other show, but whatever. Uh, Vance Nevada, who wrote a great book called Uncontrolled Chaos. It is basically the Internet Wrestling Database on paper. It's a great book, but it's also got some great details, some great stories about Canadian wrestling promotions, some that lasted a long time, some that didn't last long at all. Uh, He'll be on the show in a couple weeks, and we've got some other guests coming up in the near future. But it's Super Bowl Sunday as I record this. The game is already underway. I wanted to make sure that you got a quality show, though, for you to kick off the week here. And that's why we do what we do here. That's why we brought Andy Evans on board. That's why the ACT guys are on board. We want to give you something that's just fun and interesting and at the same time a little insightful. And I'm going to go ahead and say it right now. Go back and listen again to that last part of the Dave Meltzer segment. Yeah, Try and fool me all you want, Dave. I'm pretty sure that was a fan speaking. Pretty sure that was a fan saying, Cody better win. Cody better win. (laughs) I love it. By the way, breaking news, as the show has been produced today, the tag match seems to have been hinted in a new WrestleMania promo that just went online. You see The Rock and Roman walking up on one side, and you see Seth and Cody walking up on another. So could it be we have the tag match on night one of WrestleMania? Could it be the title matches on night two of WrestleMania? That, that has to be it, right? Like, I mean, we can't go without title matches at WrestleMania for the main championships. I, I'm willing to concede a lot of things for WrestleMania 40. But not having definitive title matches is not one of them. I don't know about you, but that's the great thing about this. You can offer your feedback Anytime. The Team MOW, Maguire on Wrestling Facebook page, is free to join. All we do is ask you to just check in. Let us bring you in because we want to keep the nasties out. You know, people that just don't have fun watching wrestling. And, and hey, have your opinions. Have thoughts. By all means. We just don't want jerks. You know what I mean? So if you like talking about wrestling and you haven't been kicked out of any other groups, especially, I mean, that should answer your own question right there. Am I a jerk? <laughs> I have to ask myself that question all the time, too. Don't worry. But I hope you enjoyed this week's show. We do love giving them to you each and every week, always for free, always about pro wrestling. 
except for this last little part. Now, for those of you that used to join myself and Joe Aguinaldo Tuesday mornings for a little show called Tuesday Morning Cooked, we discovered a meat product through no fault of our own in a news story about a Santa Claus parade in Newfoundland. Well, I want to give you an update on that and realize that this is just for a select few. But Joe Aguinaldo has tracked down a Mr. Big Stick. This is a bologna product, literally bologna, made by Maple Leaf Foods that we thought was not available anywhere else in Canada except the Atlantic provinces. Well, turns out Mr. Aguinaldo found one. So let's take you to Joe. This is McGuire on Wrestling. You know, I always said this show is always going to be free and always about pro wrestling. And sadly, I have to break one of those promises sort of today, but not really because this ties back to a time when this individual and I covered a certain pro wrestling show every Monday night slash Tuesday morning. And that would be the one and only Joe Aguinaldo. Hello, my friend. How are you? I feel like like I've reached the pinnacle. I've touched greatness. Well, <laughs> careful how you say what you're touching in this whole situation. But <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Maybe a little too soon for that, dude. <laughs> when we were approaching, I, I think it was the holiday season. It was some episode of Tuesday Morning Cooked that you and I were doing. It was Christmas, actually. It was. Yeah, yes. it was that time where I was just going through the news to try and find stories to talk about because we were just we were tired of talking about raw. We wanted to talk about other things. So I found this article that focused on a certain meat product whose mascot would headline <laughs> the Santa Claus parade out east. Now, you would think that being the Santa Claus parade, that Santa Claus would headline the Santa Claus Parade. But no, 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 it was in fact Mr. Big Stick, which is a giant bologna stick that Maple Leaf Foods produces. And we even tried to reach out to the fine folks at Maple Leaf Foods at the time. Now realize I was nowhere near Maple Leaf Foods, but now that I'm in Lethbridge, Alberta, they actually have a base here. So I might have to reach out after this because once again, thanks to the Globe and Mail's Sarah Smelly, who wrote this article for, <laughs> for December right. 4th, 2022, we bring to you once again the story of Mr. Big Stick, because Joe, what did you find in your store today? Mr. Big Stick. Let's see it. So first things first, it comes wrapped in like wax paper or wax something or other. Like what the baby bell cheeses and stuff are in? Yeah, 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 yeah. So when I sliced it. I kept the wax paper on, and then as we eat them, we'll just peel it off. Peel it off. Right? Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. So, so yeah, that's that's pretty hefty. I mean, they want to keep Mr. Big Stick safe for your consumption, obviously. <laughs> and you know, uh, yes, you know they always they always say, you know, when unsure, wrap your Mr. Big Stick. Right. <laughs> just, just safety. You can't see them on camera, but my dogs are down here they're like give us some <laughs> oh yeah they're they're waiting for the mr big stick tax to kick in this is the piece with the wax thing taken off that's a thick chunk you got there it is i'm not okay. a very good slicer of stuff so well would you say that uh round like diameter wise how big are we talking here like I don't know, that's, uh, that's a fair that's, that's a fair sandwich sized piece of bologna 
Yeah, it's a it's it's a pretty yeah it's a pretty sizable piece, and it's it's actual baloney, right? Like that's what Mister Big Stick actually consists yes. of. Yes, okay. it is baloney. Yes. Okay, so uh, I guess the the moment of truth now, Joe. Do you normally do your your baloney cold like that, or do you like to fry it? Like, what do you think is best? So I generally don't eat baloney at all. I'm okay, not the biggest fan, but I don't mind it raw. And as a Filipino, I will have to try frying it with some rice and some ketchup. I was so, gonna say because isn't that part of a that's that's like legit. It's like, a it's a legit thing, yeah. But yeah, I, yeah, but yeah. I just I didn't have time to do it because I'm very curious. No, we had to get this video produced yeah. post haste. There was no delay <laughs> in the producing of the Mister Big Stick segment of McGuire on wrestling this week. And if, if you're just tuning into this now and this makes no sense to you at all. That's fine. This is something we saw <laughs> that made us laugh two years ago almost now. And as soon as Joe sent me, you called me, first of all, from Ontario to Alberta. No, I, I didn't just call you. I FaceTimed yes, you. Yes, you did. And you said, look what I found. And there was Mr. Big Six. So um, retail-wise, what did this guy cost you? Eleven ninety nine. Okay. So, yeah, yeah, actually, like, when you do the math, it's not bad. Like, okay. given the size of it, it wasn't actually that bad. Mr. Big Stick treats you right then. Okay. There you go. All right, here we go. All right. Big taste test time now, Joe. I want to give whoa, I need like I need like a we need we can't just bite into it. This has got to be like a wine tasting. Like give us a give us an odor, give us a, a scent. Does it have hints of anything? It's a subtle aroma of bologna. <laughs> <laughs> it's not strong. <laughs> it's got some I believe in wine they would say it has some good legs. Oh, good. Good. Yeah. Well, Mr. Big Stick does have legs after all. Well, actually, what I was worried about was when I originally picked it up at the grocery store and I smelled my hands. Yes. It actually smelled like sour milk. So well, I got the worried. Wax. That's yeah, the yeah, wax. yeah. I got yeah. worried there because I was like, well, this better not be what it is. But then, yes, once I took the wax off and as I'm smelling it right now, it, it smells like a good vintage bologna. Vintage bologna. <laughs> yes. It's a 2024, I believe, will be a fine year for Bologna. All right. So so you've given us the odor now. Uh, Texture-wise, how does it feel? It it actually feels like it's very fine minced ground whatever meat, and then they just pack the crap out of it. So Yeah, well, that's, yeah, that's bologna. That's yeah. bologna, yeah. So it feels like bologna. And I'm assuming it's a pork bologna? Pork beans? Yes. yes. Yes, it is. Okay, yeah. all right. All right, without further ado, Joe, the moment we've been waiting for, go ahead, give us a taste here and take your time. Okay, don't just shove it in your face. Like, I want you to, yeah, really I'm not gonna do that. I want you to taste your food. Here we go. Here we go. All right, he's taking the first bite, a hefty bite. I'd say you got about a third of it in there. Mm, it's really soft, really soft texture. Okay, and that's Vil- that, it's actually like really like soft. Does and Mr. Tastes- Big Stick melt in your mouth? I, I wouldn't go that far, but it would be close. <laughs> I've never had a bologna this good. Wow, really? But again, I'm not a bologna connoisseur. It's like probably the second bologna I've eaten in about five years. So, well, who cares? That's that's still a statement. We're good. That's still a statement. And you know what? It's it's not really salty. Mm-hmm. Like again, nice mild taste. Yeah, I can definitely can't wait to fry this and try it with ketchup. Yeah, mm. yeah, baby. All right. This so this, sick. as far as we knew, was an East Coast thing for the longest time. But you are in Mississauga, Ontario, and now it's made it that far west. Can it make it further? Will it make it to perhaps the home of McGuire on wrestling? And that is just outside of Calgary in Lethbridge, Alberta. One can only hope. 
Well, I mean, you, you do have the home base there or uh, uh, an office there. There is. There, well, it's a giant. It's a it's a I, what do you call it? You don't call it a factory or a plant. What would you call it? It's a uh, a production facility. We'll call it. There that. you go. There you go. You know, Maple Leaf <laughs> Foods for McGuire on wrestling or even dare I say the Mike McGuire show on 98 one, the ranch Lethbridge's brand new country station might be a good sponsorship partnering. I'm just I'm throwing <laughs> it out there. I'm throwing it out there. You know, I wouldn't mind the Mike McGuire show or McGuire on wrestling proudly being brought to you by Mr. Big Stick. It's not now. I need to stress that it's not now, but it could be. You're still going to town on this thing. Is that good? It's good. Well, I'm really hungry, too, but it is actually really good. So (laughs) there you have it, friends. For those that followed since uh, December of 2022 or whenever the heck we talked about this thing. Thank you again. Sarah Smelly in St. John's, Newfoundland, who first told us the story of Mr. Big Stick in the Santa Claus Parade in St. John's. Because without that article, none of this would have been possible. Zero. And And for wrestling fans out there that thought the dumbest thing you saw was Cody Change's decision this week, we're happy to present (laughs) you with something completely dumber. Until next week, friends, as always, thank you for supporting the show. You can read about Joe. Oh, no, you can't because he hasn't sent a bio in yet. But you can read about everybody else in the team. MaguireShow.com. Pick up a T-shirt. Support the pods and efforts like this of fine consumption of Mr. Big Stick. Until next time, thanks for listening and letting us do what we do. Play safe, drive safe. Ah, be senior. Hmm? Hmm.